From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be, right here, right now. Here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. I have with me Lisa Dietrich. She's not only a very good friend of mine, she's the pastor's wife of a church I attended for many years till she moved to Oregon. She's also the woman that I go to, and believe me, I'm tough. I'm all over this stuff like a cheap suit trying to understand it. And I want to know how these things relate to our lives. And she is the one I trust. She's the one I go to. Her name is Lisa Dietrich. You can check her out at lisadietrich.com. That's L-I-S-A-D-E-T-R-E. Com. And without further ado, Lisa, I'd love you to introduce yourself to our audience today. Thank you, Sandra. Um, welcome. It's so good to be here with you again. And uh, what can I say about myself? I have done a lot of things in my life. I raised four kids. My youngest is now 20 and in uh, college. And uh, I am a pastor's wife. Uh, my husband was not always a paid pastor, but we've always worked in the ministry one way or another. So it's kind of an interesting position to be in as well. And um, I just love reading the Bible. I love learning the things about God. And since God is infinite, um, there will be no end to what I learn about him. So, um, And I just kind of welcome you along my on my journey as I seek to know him better in this life. I think it's so important because for somebody who was raised Catholic, and I'm not going to dog the Catholic Church, it's been beat up enough, but I spent a lot of time in most of my church career as a child memorizing things that I really didn't understand and uh, going to sermons that were sometimes frightening or confusing. And I know, Lisa, when I really, you know, I kind of walked away from faith at a point in my life and then came back to faith in crisis, you know, (laughs) like most of us do. Um, and I came to you and I really intentionally tried to read the Bible and understand. And I think you remember like my little nervous breakdown because I didn't know who these people were. I didn't know if they were talking about a city or a, a person and I didn't know how it related to me. And you were really great in, and, and your husband, Pastor Al, were really great in simplifying things and bringing them to me in a way I can understand, um, and so that I could start applying it. And that's really what I want to do with the Fruits of the Spirit uh, series. Absolutely, because it doesn't really good do you any good to read information if you don't make it part of your life. Um, that can be in the things of faith in the Bible, or that could be math. <laughs> How much of math do we remember years later? Right, and this is real life issues. I mean, the fruits of the Holy Spirit is a biblical term that is really the nine attributes of a Christian life, and it comes from Paul in his letter to the Galatians. And the exact wording is, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I don't even know what forbearance is. And I went to college twice. You went to college twice. And if you didn't have, you know, a dictionary handy, would you know off the cuff what forbearance is? Uh, not really. Um, there's some translations that say long-suffering. 
I kind of like that one because when you think about patience, uh, it, sometimes it does cause us to suffer for a long time. So yeah, and there there are definitely definitely terms in the Bible that do require a dictionary at the side. Uh, but quite honestly, when I'm reading in my Kindle, um, I've been reading Jane Eyre for the second time. So uh, there are words I don't understand in there, and it's really nice to be able to just tap on it, and it'll give me a dictionary definition. So, you know, the Bible's not really unlike other books of literature that we need to, you know, spend a little bit more time studying. Well, and it's, it's you know, um, forbearance is patience, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so, you know, <laughs> like, oh, I don't understand. So anybody listening today, I want you to to have permission to be, oh, my God, I don't understand. And, you know, that's why we're doing this radio show today, because we're trying to demystify some of these things. And even in preparing for today's show, um, I looked at the Wikipedia thing, Lisa, and it says forbearance. I'm like, where's patience? Where's patience? I'm like, oh, I guess patience is forbearance. Um, and that's like part of the problem is how do we make – this discussion of fruits of the spirit to be really accessible to everyone. And I think you're the perfect person because you're a mom, you're a wife, you've got grandchildren and you run women's groups in your church. And, you know, you have patiently explained so much to me that I'm really excited to talk about patience today. What does the Bible say about patience? Well, it says a lot actually. And um, in this particular um, passage, um, it is part of a list, but it really, if you look at the list, it builds on itself. And um, what I like to say about patience is that patience has a sister named Grace. And Grace is um, such a part of this whole patience thing because, um, you know, and patience is one of those things that's not necessarily uh, something that people that are not Christians uh, can have, just like love, joy, and peace. Um, but there's so much a, a different a, uh, facet or dimension to patience because when you think about a terrorist or a sniper, they're very patient people waiting for the kill. Um, that could even be said of hunters. Um, you know, you can be very patient, but there's so much more to it. That's why forbearance is a good term and long suffering because patience can be used in a lot of different areas. But when you couple it with grace, where, you know, think about the most annoying person that you know, somebody that you just, you know, can't stand to be around, and then pray for them and start applying grace to them in dealing with them, um, that changes the whole, the whole dimension of the relationship. And that's what we're looking for. Well, you know, I think that's really important because when I went to Wikipedia, you know, which is, and, you know, I decided to look at Google and I liked Google's definition of forbearance best. It says patient self-control, restraint and tolerance. Like it got all those kind of components mm -hmm. into, uh, you know, like into what is what is really patience about it's like you know we have to have our own self-control we have to tolerate situations or tolerate others or tolerate whatever it is and then we have to have our own kind of restraint you know because self-control control and restraint are kind of similar but there's a little nuanced difference between those so I thought that that was really powerful because we run into I think as a parent especially uh, patience is I always pray for patience with with um, God, and maybe I'll pray for forbearance now that I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Lisa, I'm just going to stop us for a second now that I know what forbearance means. I want to thank our sponsor today. Our sponsor is Upstart. And if you guys don't know what this is, you should check it out, especially like if you're on your phone or on your computer, go to upstart.com slash powered up. That's upstart.com slash powered up. And you can find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today. And so many Americans are experiencing financial hardship in the last year, and Upstart can help you regain your footing and get things back on track. And Upstart knows you're more than just your credit score, and it's expanding access to affordable credit and checking your rate doesn't impact your credit score. So who doesn't love that? And whether it's paying off credit cards or consolidating high interest debt or funding personal expenses, did you know that over half a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment? Like that is super cool. I love that. And with a five minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. And you can receive funds in as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Now, that's so much better than learning like about forbearance. So I want you guys to go to upstart.com. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash powered up. That's upstart.com slash powered up. And don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. And we are really grateful for companies like Upstart to support our show Powered Up. And loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. So go to upstart.com slash powered up, upstart.com slash powered up. And Lisa, you know, we joke about, you know, kind of me not knowing what the word forbearance meant. But I think that's the case for a lot of people because these words are not used in today's vernacular. Like we're not, we're not used to saying forbearance. I don't even think I've ever heard that except maybe in a real estate office. So I'm so glad, you know, that God can kind of interpret our wishes and, you know, our prayers not based on our vocabulary. Well, he knows what you need. Um, and it's funny, a, a pastor once told me that you should never ask, pray for patience, because if you do, then God will put you in situations where you're required to have it. So I try to avoid that, actually. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Um, but it's not something that we shouldn't have. We're just asking for it is kind of asking for trouble in some, in some ways. Um, the thing about patience and the, the Google definitions and, and Wikipedia are all good, but they leave out that element of love and grace that God wants us to have towards all people. And that's where there's a huge difference between the patience that God wants us to have and just tolerance, because I can tolerate a lot of things I'm listening because I'm I'm in that point. I'm like tolerating today. There's so many things I'm tolerating. And I just want to unload on somebody and I can't. Um, and I'm trying to have self-control and I'm trying to have like understanding. But, you know, there's some days where there's just ev everywhere you turn, your button's being pushed. Yes. And so tolerance is one thing that, that involves all those elements. But if you bring in love and grace, all of a sudden we're, we're not just clenching our teeth and our fists and trying to get through the situation. We're actually applying love and, and trying to walk in that other person's shoes and understand where they're coming from and trying to gain a, a deeper understanding of others so that we can uh, be loving and, and actually um, make a better relationship there, or if nothing else, understand where they're coming from so that we're, we're not clenching our teeth and our fists, that we're, you know, uh, more relaxed as we go into those relationships. Because sometimes we have to deal with difficult people and 
would it be a lot better to do it with a smile and, and with love in your heart rather than with just clenched teeth and clenched fists trying to get through it? Well, that, I agree. It's like that struggling through something, like how do we get through it with grace? Like today I had some particular difficulties, like in the middle of the night, I had a site go down. I had people calling me. I'm trying to go to sleep. You know, woke up my kid and, and, you know, he was wanting to know what's going on. You know, my little nosy Rosie. And I'm like, you need to get back to bed because you've got school in the morning. And then we all overslept because I was up all night and I didn't get Max to school on time. And it was just a mess. And I was just knuckling through it and then I took like 15 minutes and I laid down on my bed and I set my alarm just in case I would fall asleep and I prayed for grace I'm like God just give me the grace to get through today you know forgive me for my mistakes and you know I'm just going to keep going and and you know continue on um it's really helpful to offload to God in those situations to take a moment a time out and just commune for a few minutes because it did it brought my blood pressure way down Absolutely. And and that's what he wants us to do. Rather than getting to the end of our rope and then dumping on God, what he wants us to do is go to him, run to him first. And, um, you know, and that really makes a difference in how we see our day. And yeah, this is this whole thing is definitely been a good lesson for patience <laughs> forbearance <laughs> i know we couldn't get on the show we had technical difficulties on top of everything else and you know i want to thank eric and toginet radio for putting sticking with us and putting it together today despite really difficult circumstances and doing it with you know grace and a smile because that's really not easy to do now when we come back from the break we're going to talk more about patience what it looks like and how we can turn to god in these times what can we say what What can we do? Because I don't think it's enough just to talk about what this is. I think we need to talk about the how. We need to see what it looks like, tastes like, chew into it, and really start practicing it as part of our day because we are all here doing the best we can, and Lisa and I are here to give you the best that we can. We're talking today about patience. And Lisa, you were talking about, when we before we went to break, you were talking about grace. And now I can identify grace grace in myself like you know when I feel like complete full and utter joy coming from inside of me that's like one of the ways I I define grace but then there's like God's grace and you know what is grace like is it is it God's grace upon us is it our own grace to God like I I still struggle with what that word means well, I um, actually looked it up on my favorite reference place, dictionary.com. And uh, I love this dic- definition. It says elegance or beauty of form, matter, motion, or action. And then another um, definition is favor or goodwill. And put all that together, and it just turns, it's almost the opposite of tolerance. Because, like I said, tolerance is gritting your teeth, you know, clenching your fists and going through it. But grace is going through it with style and elegance and, and, you know, giving favor and goodwill and maybe the benefit of the doubt to people that really um, just rub us the wrong way. Um, And I really I know that's what God does to us every single day. I mean, I'm. I have my difficult moments, believe it or not, and everybody around me does, and and yet we're still here. And um, you know, if personally, if I were God, I would not have the patience that He does. I would not have the grace that He does. I would have vaporized this place a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be done already. And you know, but God, God has an ultimate plan in mind, and He's 
He's patient. He's waiting because he wants everyone to know who he is and, and to um, experience the grace and the love that he has for us. So how do we feel that grace? Like, do we find it through prayer? Do we find it through going to church? Do we find it through meditation? I mean, what, how do we, like, you know, for people listening out here who've, who've either walked away or never been exposed to some of these concepts, um, how do we feel grace? How do we get grace? Well, I would answer your questions, first of all, with a yes, um, all of those ways, um, Personally, in my own life, I I find it by stepping back and being a little more objective about myself. When I find myself getting, um, you know, impatient with people or getting upset, if I just take a moment and step back and go, wait a minute, what about my situation? What what you know? Think about the times when I have been on the the receiving end of intolerance or impatience. Um, you know, give that person a little bit more room. Um, that's one of the ways of, of finding grace is just stepping back. And that's where, you know, being in a relationship with Christ gives us that perspective because look at all the grace and, and patience and tolerance and love that he has lavished on us. And he asks us to do that same thing for others, not just our friends, but our enemies as well. Well, then where is the fine line between, because this is what I struggle with, like being in grace and being a doormat. Like that's the thing that I struggle with most because I, I, as a, as a rested, you know, full night sleep person, I'm really pretty easygoing. Um, but it's when I'm not rested, when things aren't going right, like probably anybody, or I'm hungry, you know, I find it really hard to walk in grace. Um, and then when I'm confronted with problems, if I if I I feel like if I step back, I often get walked all over. And yet, if I step forward and correct things, then like, where is grace in all this? Like, is it how you do these, how you handle this, or is it like you just got to pray and keep your mouth shut? Well, it, it depends on the situation. I mean, there are times when we need to pray and keep our mouth shut, and there's times when we need to speak out. And um, again, it kind of depends on the situation. But what we want to do is, and that's why we're talking about the fruits of the spirit. That's something that needs to be inside of us and in control of our mouths and our thoughts and our lives so that we will, um, I, I, I think it's always better to take a step back before we do anything. Um, and I, I don't think that means we need to lay down and become a doormat, but we definitely need to kind of think before we speak, especially when we know we're tired, we're frustrated, we've had a tough, tough day. Um, you know, that's the time where maybe we need to retreat a little bit more and definitely, you know, rely on God's spirit in us to give us the wisdom and the, the knowledge of when to speak and when to be quiet. See, and I think, you know, that's such a hard concept because I'm trying to teach that to my kids. And you had four kids and then you have four boys. You have four grandbabies. Um, how would you teach them? Because I usually go to you when I want to teach this stuff. Like, how would you tell me to teach my boys especially to be more in grace and maybe less with their fists <laughs> and their mouth? 
Well, uh, something I told my boys repeatedly, and I find myself still saying it to people, is just because it comes into your head doesn't mean it has to fall out of your mouth. Um, <laughs> and um, that that is something we need to stop and think about. Again, it's putting yourself in the other person's shoes. You know, would I want to hear that from somebody? Is Is this really a good way to... Uh, relay this information and honestly it's something I'm still working on Sandra I don't have it all figured out yet but um, you know we can almost go back to the golden rule which pretty much is a universal um, par- um, rule and you know just treat other people the way you'd want to be treated you know it, it doesn't take too long to step back and go is this something I'd want to hear somebody say to me like that um, and usually what's going through your head is not going to be um, is not going to sound nearly as good coming out of your mouth. So it's, you know, it, it doesn't take long to step back and go, is this really what I need to say to this person? Maybe throw, you know, send out a quick prayer. God, is this how you want me to say this? Can you give me some better words here? Uh, or is this something I just need to keep my mouth shut? <laughs> and I have definitely been in situations where I really, really wanted to say something and I it was like the spirit zipped my mouth shut from the inside because I could not utter even a sound. And that's kind of the spirit controlled life that we're looking at. We want God to be, um, you know, speaking through us or zipping our mouth shut when we really don't need to be saying anything. Right. I mean, I have that little thing in my bathroom that says, you know, Lord, like walk beside me, but keep your hand over my mouth. Because it's hard and it's, but I liked what you said. I think the qualifying thing that was more important to me, the most important thing I took away from this is, is I am going to use that just because it comes into your head doesn't mean it has to come out of your mouth. I actually wrote that down. That's going to be a new Lisa ism in our household. Um, (laughs) But the other one is when you said you have to say it and then you paused for a moment and you said like that. And the thing is, I think, sometimes we as Christians, or at least I know I did, I felt if I was going to be a good Christian, I kind of had to be a doormat. And I'm understanding now that I can still be a good Christian, but I don't have to be a doormat. It's more how you say things. Like, would you want somebody to say you to to things, you know, this way? Or would you want it to say it a little nicer or a little, you know, more different? Um, It's tough. It's really tough. And especially with kids, Um, you know, kids are so mean, Lisa. I have uh, my little one, Zachary, you know, he's really tiny. He's the tiniest in his class. And he's friends with the biggest, like heaviest kid in the class. And they're both picked on because they're at ends of the size spectrum. And, you know, these girls are so mean. And, you know, I've confronted their mothers just about like, hey, can you lay off the teasing for both kids? Not just my kid, but it's really not, you know, a good way for your daughter to behave. And it's really not good for my kid or this other kid to hear these things. And the mother was just as mean as the kid. You know, I could see, you know, the mean girls in, in you know, elementary school grow up to be the mean mom group. So in that situation, you know, that you're beautifully and wonderfully made only goes so far in drilling into an elementary school kid's head when they're being bullied or picked on. Well, and you're saying kids are so mean, um, they learn it at home. It's sad, but kids learn, you know, they, they pick up things at home. And like you said, the parents are the same way. That's where they get it from. So that's where we need to pray for them. Um, one of the things I did with my kids, especially when they're in school and being bullied because it happened, uh, one thing we did was let them know they were they have every right to defend themselves, and they did at times. 
But we also pray for those kids that are bullying them because we know bullies are bullied elsewhere. They learn at home. They learn it in their families. And they're more than likely hurting even more than the person they're picking on, if that's even possible. So we need to be praying for those kids and their families because there's a lot of dysfunction. There's a lot of hurt, anger. And unfortunately, these kids take it to school with them. And schools are really, you know, in a great way, powerless to uh, combat that. Well, they are. And, you know, that's where it's so important for us as women and as moms to really talk about these things um, because we can't just sit down and take it. And the kids just can't continue suffering, whether it's the bully or the kid he's bullying. Um, there's got to be a better way. And, you know, being able to pray about it, but also, you know, I'm like you, like when you told me that one time about, you know, my kids are, you know, you told me that thing, like, you know, you want to be firm and fair, but you're able to defend yourself. Um you know, even though that might be consequences the school doesn't want to deal with, you know, we we have to have some boundaries. We have to have some things because I'd like to think that prayer is enough, but the kids need to know that they need to pray. And I think there's something like they need to pray and move their feet. I'm not exactly sure if that's from the Bible or if that was from the, when I was married to Max's husband, they, that was a Jewish proverb, I think. But it's really important that we have these discussions. It's really important as parents, we think about these things. We are talking today about patience and what the Bible teaches us. And one of the things that I shared before we went to commercial break, Lisa, was uh, my little Zach, who's the smallest in his class, the smallest in his grade. He literally is the tiniest one. He just hit 50 pounds in fifth grade and he just got out of the T clothes, you know, the five T pants. Aww. He can still squeeze into them if he needs them. You know him. He's skinny <laughs> as a stick. And some of the girls, there's three or four girls there who have developed and they're taller and they they look like, you know, middle school girls or early high school girls, and they just pick on him something awful. And they pick on his buddy, too, who's got some sort of glandular thing, and he's really round. And they, they look so cute together. They look like a pole and a apple walking together. And, you know, they're buddies. And they are buddies a lot because they can depend on each other, and they can both be together, even though these mean girls pick on them. And confronting the mean girls' moms, you know, really wasn't beneficial because they were just like the mean girls. And so one of the things I said to him is, you know, we're going to pray for these girls. We're going to pray for, for God to work in their hearts and to help them, you know, so that they can see you guys for who you are and start seeing the world in a way that they need to so that they're not taking their anger out on you. And he just was so out of sorts, Lisa. He was like, I am not praying for these girls. You cannot make me pray for them. No way, no how, uh-uh. Um, and I totally understand that point of view. Um, I I do run a um, junior worship, a Sunday school group with elementary age kids, and that's one of the practices I, I talk to them about is praying for people that are mean to them. And I get the same response. I am not going to do that. But here's the thing. Magical things happen when we pray for people. And it, one of the things it does, and as far as Zach, maybe you can say, well, Zach, can you just you know, bow your head and close your eyes while I pray for these girls um, so that the prayer is still happening and he's still hearing it. But what happens when we pray for people is it, it removes us from the victim status because we're no longer a victim when we take our concerns and, and our bullies to the King of Kings and our Heavenly Father. He can handle it. He can handle anything. 
And when we take our concerns to him, we are now placing the burden of this relationship in God's hands instead of trying to fix it ourselves. And the most important thing about praying for these girls is to go back and tell them, my mom and I are praying for you. Um, that can be extremely disarming because what do you say then? I don't know. Maybe punch him in the mouth. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we hope not. That's why we also uh, give them the right to defend themselves. And like I said, uh, two of my kids actually did get in situations where they came to blows on the school grounds and got, you know, we got the calls. Actually, my husband got the calls. It happened twice for two of our kids. And you know what my husband's response was? Good. I told him and I told you that these kids were, were bullying my kids and that my kid had the right to defend him or herself. And so we went and picked them up from school and had a little celebration because, of course, they had to leave, right? They had to go home for the day. But that was the end of their punishment. Uh, we went and celebrated with them for defending themselves, and things were very different at school from then on. And well, and you taught me that with, with my other son. And, you know, this one kid was picking on him for half the year. And finally, like, you know, he kicked him, he knocked into him, he knocked his lunch down. And, you know, Max just turned around and clocked this kid. And, and you know, I had told the school, I had told everybody, he's you go ahead and defend yourself. You don't have to keep taking this. And, you know, at some point, you know, kids do need to stand up for themselves. I understand the school is powerless. Um and it's it's one of those things where you're taking control of your reaction. You're not just you're not just you know letting it happen. You're standing up for yourself. You're not instigating it. You're not starting it. But because I think the key here is the defending part. Um, but I would like to ask you because I'm a big copier. Like I don't I'm not good at coming up with these words on my own. Like if I had to teach Zach to pray or I would say a prayer, I'd say like. God, please wash out these mean girls' mouth with soap. <laughs> you know, spank their little tushies and get them, you know, straightened up. And I don't think that would be at all helpful. So what would you, like, can you give me an example? If you were sitting there, you know, Zach, you're sitting there with Zachy and you say, okay, Zachy, I'm going to pray with you. This is what I would say. And so could you do that so I could learn? Sure. Um, I, I would probably say something like, Lord, um, you know these girls, you know their hearts, you know their hurts, and you know that they're hurting Zach. I just pray that you will, first of all, help Zach, help us to find the right things to say to them um, that will bring them to a place of understanding. Um, I pray that you'll help us to not be hurt by what they were, by what they're saying, and I just pray that you will help them to learn how to love. Um, I pray that you will help their families, whatever's going wrong in their homes, to be resolved so that these girls can find uh, peace and love and comfort in, in uh, other activities rather than in hurting other people. And, um, you know, the prayer would go somewhere along those lines that we're empowering Zach to understand that he's not the one who's down. It's actually them and they need to be lifted up. And that maybe by our loving them, that we can lift them up to a place where they can stand up and, and learn who God is and how he loves them. 
I love that. See, that's it. Like I'm, I, I wrote notes. I'm going to borrow this. And everybody listening today, if you're wondering, you know, what do you say in these situations? Here's another tool in your arsenal in, you know, raising, you know, kids in society today. Uh, Lisa, in the break, you said something you said, and the audience didn't get to hear it. Praying for our enemies changes our position from victor or sorry, from victim to a higher place of understanding that they need to come up to a higher level. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, bullies uh, give out the persona that they are in charge, that they're looming over us. But in fact, they're the ones on the ground. They're the ones who are being bullied. They are the ones that feel so bad about themselves that they have to pick on other people to make themselves feel better. And when we understand that's the position they're in, we're standing above them already. But when we take them to God, we're no longer the victim. We're asking God to take this and and make it something good. Um, and that's where prayer is so important, that we are praying for those people. And when you go to somebody and say, you know, I've been praying for you. I'm praying that God will, you know, come into your life, that he will show you who he is and that you'll learn how to love like he loves um, because I love you like God wants me to love, even though it's difficult, maybe. <laughs> um that changes our whole per- that's that changes our position in this whole bullying thing. We're no longer the one on the ground. We're relaying to the person who's bullying us that they're actually the one that we need that we're going to try to lift up with God's help. And it's okay. extremely disarming. Well, that's good for me too because I do. I have a hard time um, coming to terms with like I, my heart tells me you should pray for this person. My head from my Christian education is like, oh, absolutely, you should pray for this person. But I still find myself slipping back into, you know, Zachy's shoes going, oh, no, I'm not going to pray for this person. But I do like that empowerment aspect that it it puts us in a position that we're no longer victimized, that we're seeing beyond the mean words or the mean statements or the stupid comments um, so that we can rise above them and also be shielded by God. Like, I think I would have added to the prayer, you know, I'm going to pray over Zachy's heart so it can be strong in the face of these little girls' words because they're just their words. It doesn't make them real. It doesn't make them right. Um, and so I think I would have added added Zach into that prayer. Other than that, I thought it was perfect. Well, that's great. Yes, absolutely. Because uh, they are just words, but words can be very hurtful. That's why the whole bullying thing is such a problem. And um, we, you know, God gives us words that we, of love, of, of life, and we want to speak life into other people, especially those who are hurting so badly. And that may be even something that you and Zachy can pray. It's like, Lord, we don't know how these girls are hurting, but we just ask that whatever's hurting them so badly will stop and that they will, you know, not need to hurt other people. Um, and... Um, it, you know, again, it lifts us up to a different perspective that, wait a minute, they're the ones who need the help. We And we have God who can help us and help them. Yeah. Okay. I got that now. So I'm starting to feel more peaceful about some of these things because I think, you know, when somebody hurts your kid, even though it's another kid hurting your kid, and then you confront the parent and the parent's just a big old jerk too. Um, it really feels lousy. You know, it feels bad as a parent. It feels bad as, as just a person, you know, as moms, especially, and I know dads want to protect their kids too, but I can't speak for them. You know, we want to protect our children from some of this stuff. 
Absolutely. Nobody wants their kid getting bullied. Um, one example, my oldest daughter, um, you know, she was being bullied and she was at a Christian school and this girl was just picking on her and bullying her. And we prayed for this girl for about a week straight. And then Sarah finally got the nerve to go and tell her that she was praying for her. And within a couple of weeks, those girls became friends. And then we kind of got a glimpse inside this girl's family. And sure enough, it was a very messed up family. And, you know, she was bullying somebody that she thought she could pick on, but it turned out that she really needed that friend. And they were friends for a long time after that. Um, and she really needed that prayer support. So I know yeah. it can work, but like I said, there are also other times when the words did not help and, and it seemed like the prayers didn't go quite as nicely as that. And uh, there were some, uh, they, they, it had to get physical. And that's not what we advocate. That's not what we want. But we still need to give our kids the right to defend themselves. Patience in the Bible, patience in our homes, patience in our heart, and how we pray for people who try our patience. Speaking of trying patience, I am raising, I'm a single mom. I live by myself sometimes with my 80-year-old dad when he comes out to escape the brutal buffalo winters. And um, so sometimes I have, you know, three, easily three generations in my household and trying to navigate, which, boy, you don't want to talk about testing your patience. But one of the things I found, Lee, and this is, I'm going to put this up to you because I, I know a lot of parents face this, especially when they're trying to raise godly children. Um, my one son, Max, was in court a lot with his dad a couple years ago, and he tends to lump that together with some of the bullying he's experienced at school. And I don't know if it's because he's 13 and marinating in hormones or he really does you know, believe these things. But recently we had a big argument and he was like, you know, where's your God now, mom? Where is God now? Why isn't he helping me with this? Why is he putting me through all this? And he took his cross off and he threw it on the kitchen floor. Um, and he's like, you know, I, I, I'm sick. I said, well, you have to be patient. You know, you have to wait. We don't understand these things. And, you know, he just, just, you know, and I knew that feeling. I think we've all been there. Absolutely. And uh, he, he did exactly what I know I've known you to do. I remember there were times you get mad at God and take all your crosses down too. <laughs> turn Jesus over on his cross and turn him away so I don't have to look at his face. Uh, and you know, I mean that that's perfectly human of us as well. I mean, Moses got frustrated with God. Some of the other um prophets you know became frustrated as well because Something we, we always have to understand is that God is not a genie. Um, he does not have to bend to our will or even explain himself to us. Um, uh, oh, no, we lost Lisa. I'm here. <laughs> oh, <there> you <laughs> I thought you fell off your chair. Thump. Oh, no. Um, but, and, um, you know, we expect, um, I think because we kind of live in a, you know, if anybody watches TV, everything gets wrapped up nicely in a 30 or 30 minute or one hour or even, you know, in a movie, things always are tied up all neatly at the end. And life is not like that. It's messy. There are strings all over the place and we don't know where they go or what needs to get tied together. And that's where we have to step back and understand God is way higher than we are. Um, as a matter of fact, it says in Isaiah, for my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways, says the Lord. 
for the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And this was God kind of smacking down Isaiah for, for you know, complaining about the way things were going in Israel. But and it's it's very difficult, especially as a child, to step back and go, well, God knows what he's doing. And I guess I just have to go through all this junk in my life because of, you know, whatever. Um, I, I don't expect that from a child. I mean, that's that's a lot of maturity there. And, um, you know, we, we do expect things to happen right away. And honestly, we may not ever know what God's doing, but a lot of times we can look back in our lives and go, wow. God was there and God was working with me. And that's something Max needs to understand. God is right there with him all the time, even when he's mad at him. Um, <laughs> um, but, um, but we may not necessarily understand what God is doing and he doesn't have to answer to us. He knows what he's doing and we need to accept that and ask him to just take through it and walk through it with us. Cause he is there. Well, and I think that's a good lesson for all of us, you know, because I was laughing. I've been laughing like over here, like a like a lunatic, going, "Oh my gosh, Lisa, I can't remember." I remember throwing my cross down. I remember that, and and you know, I love that you bring that up because apple doesn't fall far from the tree, and we all feel like that. And you know, when I look back now at like you know my mom passing and and the dogs and my foreclosure and the divorce and the affairs, all that stuff kind of hit me between the eyes at once I'm kind of thankful now that God did it that way because I got it all over in like one seven year period of time and it didn't continue and I really I wouldn't have enough to talk about on all these radio shows and this opportunity that Toginet gave me for a platform to help other people I don't think I would be where I am today without all that so I have to give you know kind of grudging you know cranky respect to God knowing what he's doing even though i didn't like it at the time oh absolutely i mean he likes going through crud um and unfortunately it seems to be that we grow more through trials and stress there's that adage or that um thing that happened in the bio biospheres that you know they they set up this wonderful uh garden and you know put trees and plants in there and after some time the trees started snapping in half because there was no wind in there and it didn't cause enough stress on the trees to make them strong enough to survive. And that's the way it is with our lives, unfortunately, that we do our most growing through the difficult times. And it does take some patience and grace to step back and just ask God to be there with us and to take us through. But that's what he's there for. And that comes in some maturity and trusting God. And that's where patience comes in, that we just need to wait on him and and know that sometime we'll get through this. And, you know, in your case, it was it was a big storm and, and uh, everything seemed to hit at once. Um, in my life, it seemed like for many years it was one thing after another. And it, it reminded me of a time when I was one of the first times I went swimming in the Pacific Ocean. I didn't understand how to deal with those waves and they were, they looked like pretty high waves to me. So I'd get knocked down by one, you know, face in the sand and I would just be getting up and, and cleaning the sand out of my eyes. And I get hit with another one. And, you know, and this happened, I thought I was going to drown right in front of the, the uh, lifeguard stand because these waves kept hitting me from behind. And finally I turned around and faced the wave head on and dove under it. And guess what? It went over me, and I came back up, and, and I was all good. 
Um, and, you know, um, we, we, we don't want to turn our backs to our troubles. We need to stand up and know God is right there with us and he's going to bring us through and he's going to take those waves over us. And then we're going to come out smarter, wiser, stronger than we ever would have been without those troubles. Well, and I love that analogy of the tree that needs to be, you know, to have the wind on it to grow strong because anybody who's been in, you know, walking this earth uh, for any length of time and paying attention, because I'm not going to say everybody pays attention, um, but kind of pays attention and trusts God enough to work through some of these things, you know, it makes a huge difference. And you do get stronger and you do surprise yourself. And, you know, one of the things that I will say that, you know, patience often makes us sell ourselves short and that's something that I have a really hard time with because when I'm impatient with myself I know on some level that I'm selling myself short and I shouldn't so I wanted to use this time just to uh to to remind myself and remind everybody else that just because you feel like giving up, that's just a feeling and it'll pass. And you mm. kind of have to work through it so that you can really get to the good stuff. Absolutely. And, I mean, if, if you find yourself right today in a very difficult situation that you don't see any way out, um, now is the time to just stop and talk to God. Let him know. Bury your heart. Bury your soul. You know, tell him your frustrations. Tell him everything that's going on. Not that he doesn't know, but he wants you to talk to him. And then ask him just to help you get through this, you know, uh, just for today. We, we just need one day. We'll, we'll, we'll ask again tomorrow. We, we don't have to see the end result right now. We just need to get through today. And, um, you know, tomorrow is going to look very different. No, and I'm here to say, like, and maybe it's just the hour. You know, there were times, like, when I was in court, Lisa, and I was yanked in so many directions, and the kids needed me, and my dad needed my mom is dying, and, you know, the attorney has questions, and, you know, my clients are calling. And I was like, there were times in there, because I would bring my computer to work and sit in the courtroom lobby, and I would continue doing my work, because it also helped me keep my freak down. But I would be like, God, just give me the strength for the next 10 minutes. God, give me the strength for the next 15 minutes and you know when i would ask for it i would get it yep and and that's what he wants he wants us to go to him because there you know some people say that god doesn't give us more than we can handle uh the bible doesn't say that and actually the opposite is true god often gives us more than we can handle because he wants to be the one to handle it and we need to be humble enough to hand it over to him and let him take it for us that will make us stronger that will make us wiser and that will help us learn patience in a way that we never could have learned any other way. Okay. So hold on. I know we only got two minutes left, but the Bible doesn't say God never gives us more than we can handle. So where the heck did that come from? Well, it's a mistranslation of a passage in Romans that said, God will not allow us to be tempted above that, which we are able, but with the temptation, he'll give us a way out. So when it comes to sin, yes, God doesn't let us get in, to situations where we don't have a way out without sin, but it doesn't translate over to life situations. 
Well, that's really good because that's one of the things that makes, I think, people frustrated. It's like, you know, I can't handle this, and there are times when we can't handle it. So I'm glad to see that, that that's kind of a mistranslation because it does feel like there are things we can't handle. But I'm going to end with my favorite thing with God, all things are possible. So. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be. 